This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team, and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machines firing up. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Business Machine. I know you're probably getting tired of me saying exciting, but everyone has been exciting, and we just enjoy all of our guests that we have here on The Business Machine. And like this guest, Tom Schwab is here today, and he is from Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is really close to us. Those of you who don't know, uh, we're right in Lansing, and I'm the host of The Business Machine, Brian Town, and CEO of Michigan Creative, so thanks for joining us. But Tom is here today, and Tom, in this noisy digital world, business leaders are continually bombarded with the newest must-have tools to reach their goals. We talk about this all the time. Tom is a Michigander and a Navy veteran. He's got a pretty diverse background, so I'm excited to talk to Tom. Tom Schwab has a refreshingly different approach as a self-described marketing engineer. Haven't heard that before. I love it. Want to talk about that. He focuses on a time-proven strategy, then supercharges them with today's free tools. An author, a speaker, and a teacher, Tom helps you get more traffic, leads, and raving customer fans by being interviewed on podcasts like he is here today. Tom, how you doing? Brian, I'm thrilled to be here. Don't you just love those bios? Like, I always hate sending bios and having people read them while I'm right there. Like, what I want to do, though, is I want to record it with some music and then have it play when I walk home or when I get in the door so my, everybody can hear it, you know, like my wife. And just have her play it. I don't think she'd do it, but I think that'd be sweet. You need the great boom box on your shoulder. Yes. Just have that playing while you're walking around. And he is here, CEO of Michigan Creative. And he, she'd be like, yeah, whatever, make dinner. And it'd be over quick. But that would be fun. So, Tom, a little bit, uh, talk to me a little bit about somebody comes up to you in Kalamazoo. We were talking about Bell's earlier, and you're sitting at Bell's Brewery, our favorite place. And somebody says, hey, what do you do? What do you tell them? Yeah, for the first thing I always ask them is, do you listen to podcasts? Yeah. And right now, about 30% of the U.S. population does. So, uh, you know, if they don't, I got to explain to them what a podcast is. And they're like, hey, that's cool. Um, and then if they do, I just say, well, you know, it's a great way to get your message out, to connect with people that could be ideal customers. And that's what marketing is at its heart, right? Starting sure. a conversation. Uh, so I just talked to them about that uh, we have a full service agency that works with people to get in front of their ideal customers and turn listeners into leads and and really uh, connect one on one with the uh, with their ideal customers and uh, meet a lot of fun people with it and uh, you know anybody that knows podcasting knows the power of it and um, you know I think the only question now going forward is that you know uh, to any business owner are you going to be on a podcast or is your competitor going to be on a podcast who's going to hear and uh, you can either do that as a guest or as a host but um I'll, I'll be honest being a podcast host there is a lot of work that goes into it and right. brian my hat's off to you anybody that says doing a podcast is easy has either never done it or never done it well well i can tell you too and i you know right here from, from you know telling you how how easy i thought it was going to be you know we have a full service marketing company here i've got a web designer right in my office i've got a graphic designer video people no problem right all in the same place at our disposal and we thought hey let's start a podcast It'd be easy i used to do radio no problem it's a lot of work and it's not as easy just to start a podcast and it, let's go back to that 30% because I, I was one of those that didn't listen to podcasts. I knew of podcasts because we're in the industry. And about a year and a half ago, um, I thought, all right, I need to start listening to something that's going to help me on my way to work. It's going to help me while I'm mowing the lawn rather than just, you know, listening to the radio. Or, and so I started listening to podcasts. And I tell you, I'm really surprised that still it's only 30%. It's interesting because it's the fastest growing medium out there. You know, television, radio, that's not growing. Uh, but it's interesting because those people that do listen to podcasts average seven hours a week. Right. And, you know, if you're like me and listen to it at, you know, one and a half times speed, that's 10 hours of content. And really, it's not right to call it podcasts. You could ask people what the pod stands for, and, and some of them wouldn't remember what an iPod was. You know, really now it's, it's yep. more on-demand radio. There's new cars that are coming out where you can download episodes just to the dashboard. So I think uh, more and more we're going to see that, you know, people choose what they want to listen to. And, you know, uh, there's so many great podcasts out there that people love. 
And it's not because they listen to it because it's the only thing they can find. No, they're engaged with it. And you've got much more um, engaged audiences, committed audiences, and uh, uh, it's just a great, great medium. Yeah, and I think what you said there, too, is that you can really find anything that you're interested in, anything, and it'll be a really good podcast. Anything from moms who want uh, to know some tips to play with their kids or stay-at-home dads that want to know how to do things with their children to homebrewing to business to everything. You can find a podcast that's a really good podcast that has really good guests that is very dedicated to what you're interested in. Very much so. And, you know, there's 325,000 podcasts in the U.S. right now. And while that sounds like a lot, I think there's... uh, 20 million blogs so it's just a fraction of what there are in blogs and uh, it doesn't take a huge podcast to have a great audience you know I uh, I don't know of it but there's probably a macrame podcast out there probably. that has raving fans and if you want to reach that is that your ideal customer man what a great place to to join in in the conversation I'm gonna look for that that's gonna be my new podcast macrame <laughs> On the way home today, I'm going to find it and listen to it. I bet you're right. I bet it's, I bet it's got tons of downloads. It probably is. And you'll probably go in there and realize, oh, that's hey, a competitive market. This is kind of a big deal. Yeah. There's a dozen people in that's there right. already. So you've got a pretty diverse background. You started with uh, Stryker. We started in the Navy. Then you worked for Stryker for some time, too. So tell me a little bit about when and, and how you started not only the podcast uh, uh, company that you have right now, too, but your other company. Um, and, and tell us about that. Like, did just come up and said, hey, I'm going to start this? How did that happen? Well, it really started from the standpoint of my first job out of college was running nuclear power plants. And I was a mechanical engineer in the Navy. And uh, I've always said I've run nuclear power plants and I've run a small business. Mm-hmm. And one of them was easy because it came with an instruction manual. <laughs> right. So I, I did uh, served in the, the U.S. Navy, loved that, and uh, then transitioned into the corporate world and worked for a Fortune 500 company in engineering, operations, sales, and marketing. And when I got to the marketing side and the sales side, side, it really bothered me because they openly admit, yeah, 50% of the money we we spend is wasted. Wow. We just never know what 50% that is. And, you know, that just, that drove me crazy. And I thought there's got to be a way to, to quantify this because, you know, unless you can figure out what's inefficient in your machine, you'll never be able to tune it up. And that's what we're all trying to do, to get more output with less input from our machines. Yeah. You know, that whole return on investment. So when I started my own company, uh, after selling my distributorship back to to the manufacturer, um, I looked at it and said, there's got to be a better way to do this. And at that time, I'd read a, a book by two guys from MIT, um, Darmesh Saw and Brian Halligan. And they talked about how the world was changing, that you know the internet wasn't being used to sell things, right? Nobody goes onto Google and saying, boy, I hope somebody sells something to me today. That's right. They're, go- they're going on to have their problem solved. And so the idea being is that those people that help you solve your problem will gain the know, like, trust, authority. They'll, they'll not only get that transaction, but they'll get uh, the lifetime value of that customer. So instead of chasing a transaction, you're trying to build a brand. Now, we do this all with content. And, you know, content used to be blogs. I mean, that's what I built my first business on. And one of the things that we noticed with time was that the blogs just weren't working as well. You know, people weren't listening to that or spending as much time reading to them, and um, they just weren't converting. So we actually had a client that we were working with, great guy, had a, a booming southern voice, sounded a lot like Zig Ziglar. And he'd write a blog like, you know, everybody else. He'd spend a few hours on it, and it would convert like every other blog, you know, maybe 1% to 2% uh, visitor to, to lead. So one of the things we we hypothesized is, you know, could we get him on podcasts? Because he didn't want to do his own podcast. So he said, you know, is it sort of like guest blogging? Could we put him in front of a, an audience already, sort of get that no like, and trust from there and use that to drive the traffic? And we were amazed. The traffic came quickly. Uh, it converted 25 times better than blogs. Wow. And so first we thought, well, it's just his personality. It's just his industry. Uh, so over the last three years, we've tested it with different um, different personalities, over 100 different clients in diverse industries, over 3,000 podcasts, and optimized it, always tuning up the engine. And what we found is that it's a real system. You know, being able to go with target 
targeted podcast interviews. And um, in 2015, we started focusing on really a done-for-you service, which is interview valet, when uh, many of our clients said that we were trying to teach how to do it, said, I understand how to do it, but I'm a busy business owner. Sure. You know, I'm an agency. I've got other things to do. How can you work with me just to... Um, to get more traffic and you know I always say our best answers come from our clients and had one client looked at me and said you know Sinatra only sang and I said what's that mean he's like I just want to do the performing so you do everything else you know and that's where really you know you be the guest we'll take care of the rest came from yeah and I think it's a little more difficult and I think you hit it right on the head too is it's kind of like you're trying you know when you really want to be the CEO that's running your business you can't spend time trying to get yourself booked on these podcasts it is possible to do like one could go out and do that so what does your service do specifically that's going to ease like if I'm like hey Tom I really want to be on podcasts I just I know there's podcasts out there I know where they are I need you to help me. What does that help look like? How are you going to help me get on the right podcast? And then I think even more importantly, because like you were saying earlier, is that what happens after that? Like, it's great if I'm on a podcast, but if I don't have anywhere for people to go or to reach out to me after they hear me, I mean, it really doesn't do me any good, does it? Exactly. And all the things that we do, we openly teach. So if you listen to enough of my podcast interviews or read any of my blogs, you know, I, I share the system out there. There's no secrets to it. And everybody is smart enough to do it. The question is, is just do you have the time yeah. and what other things could you be doing? Right. And so really what we do is we focus on getting our clients in front of the most ideal list or the largest number of ideal customers. So not only looking at the size of the podcast, but also the density of it. You know, some people say, I want a big podcast. Well, that's like fishing in the ocean. Um, there's a lot of fish out there, but they may be hard to find. Whereas you go to a small, very niche um, podcast, you know, it could be smaller, but it could be like fishing in a bucket. Sure. Uh, from that standpoint. So we work with them on that. We work with them on best practices um, on for podcast interviews. So for example, I'll pull behind the curtain here. You know, one of the ways we talk about is a lot of times in digital marketing, we talk about lead bait, right? Um, well, in podcast interviews, you've got to be able to give visitor bait, right? You have to give them a reason to go to your website. So just saying, go to interviewvalet.com and sign up for a newsletter. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, no one's going to do that. But if I told you that, you know, um, I'll make a, a special page that, um, has an infographic on it that has the six secrets to getting booked on a podcast. Now, I could I could list those all out now, but people are driving, they're working out, they're not going to remember them all. But if I just tell them to, you know, go to interviewvalet.com forward slash business machine, they'll be able to remember that. And there, everything Brian and I talked about will be there. There'll be the infographic that tells you how to get on podcasts. So, you know, that's something that we teach them in moving people from being listeners to leads. We prep them for every interview. So we tell our clients, you know, okay, um, you know, before you go on any podcast, you should probably listen to three or four episodes so you know what's going on. Well, that takes a lot of time. So we prep all of our clients and tell them exactly, you know, who the host is, who the listeners are, what kind of questions are going to be asked. And then we, um, after the interview, we make that dedicated landing page for them. Cool. Cool. That's one of the, well, that's one of the things we really found is important from a conversion rate is to send them to a place because this is evergreen content. So somebody, you know, we're recording this in 2016. I guarantee you somebody right now in 2019 is listening to this for the first time and going, this is great. Yeah. Well, if if they go to the homepage, I guarantee you our homepage is going to change in the next three years. And you don't want them just going there to uh, and be disappointed for that whole user experience. Uh, the other thing, too, is from the the analytics. Uh, you know where people are coming from now. If they go to that page that's, you know, interviewvalet.com forward slash business machine, if they're there, it's because they heard Brian and I talking. So all those things, because a lot of times it's easy to get on a podcast, right? There's 325,000 out there. You could book on a podcast. There's people wanting guests, yep. Yeah, but you don't want it. Most of those are a waste of your time. Sure. Um, so with that, we really make sure that every minute that you spend in a podcast gives you the maximum return. 
So let's talk about 10 years from now. I don't want to talk about necessarily, I want to talk about two things about that time too, is I want to, I want your vision. And what we like to talk about is I don't need specifics, but I always like the idea of looking 10 years down the road in my company. And, and it's crazy because that's a lifetime in our business, but I think it's kind of fun too. And I, and I, you know, I learned this um, from a couple of books that I read too, is that you need to visualize what you think your company is going to look like and, and fly us through interview valet or fly us through what Tom's going to be doing in 10 years. And what's that look like for you? Well, and I, I love this exercise. I always say the best piece of fiction I've ever written was a five-year business plan yeah, because gosh. you're not sure where it's going to go. But sure. I think you've got to have a vision of where it is. And yeah. really what I'm trying to build this company as is a virtual company, right? I understand that not every creative person wants to live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And with the connection that we have, um, wow, why not tap in to all the different people at all the different time zones, the diversity that goes with that? So, you know, in 10 years from now, um, I expect to have, you know, employees all over the United States, even overseas with that, and really trying to lead that team virtually. Mm -hmm. One of the goals that my wife and I have set for ourselves is that, you know, we love Kalamazoo. This is where our family is. Our, our granddaughter and grandson live here, uh, but we want to travel. So one of the goals that I have is that I want to work this company remotely. So one week out of the year, uh, or excuse me, one week out of every month, working from a different location. Wow. So being able to go around and have meetings with different members uh, of the team, with different clients, with different customers, going to different conventions and not just popping in for the two days of the convention, speaking and then leaving, but spending some time around there and really enjoying it. So, so make sure you set up different um uh, pieces of your company, like I'm thinking Italy, some random <laughs> island, I think would be a really good location. Uh, so I, I can give you a list, but I'm sure you already have one. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, and, and, and they're all mandatory uh, uh, meetings that I have to go there. Yes, you have to. It's not. It's business related, 100. percent Yeah, I've I've had I've built businesses before um, where I felt like I was chained to them, and uh, yeah, where I was a where I was a, a prisoner. Uh, coming into the same building every every day, and I think with the technology we have, uh, it doesn't have to be that any anyway. And I really want to make sure that uh, I love my business. You know, I'm 50 years old right now. I have no desire to retire. I want to be having so much fun that I would look at it and say, why would I? Why would I want to retire from this? Yeah. Hey everybody, this week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com. That's fresh waterapparel.com and check out their spring collection of t-shirts and soon beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan and the shirts are 100% made in America. So you can't beat that. So if you love Freshwater like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. So let's talk about 10 years and what we're doing, our, our marketing content and our expertise in helping people grow their business, either through podcasts or however we decide to do it. I know some things are going to change technology-wise. We know we're going to be doing things different online. Uh, who knows what it's going to look like? But there's going to be some things that stay the same. And and what is that? As a marketer, as a podcast uh, host, and, and somebody who books people on podcasts, what do you think is going to stay the same? What do you think customers, our customers, um, are always going to need down the road? Well, and and Brian, this is such an important question because it's not the tactics that win the battle, it's the strategy. Right. And the tactics are always changing. And, um, you know, sometimes you laugh when somebody will, will mention Blab on a, um, yeah. on a podcast. It's yep. like, you might have sounded like a genius six months ago, and now they just closed down. Uh, you know, know, you look like a fool. I've been but, waiting to, I'm like, I got to do more. I got to do another Blab. I got to do another <laughs> Blab. And then I saw that. I'm like, gosh, come on. And the thing is, is that the, the, the tools only amplify the strategy, so the tools are always going to be changing. And in some ways, I think that our grandparents are more set for the future um, than we are or our children are from the standpoint of is if you understand the strategy, what you're trying to do, you can learn the tools. You can learn the tactics. So I don't focus too much on that. Are podcasts going to be around in, in 10 years? 
I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. There'll probably be some other version of it. But I think the same thing will will um, will happen. Um, that you've got to find a medium to have a discussion with your clients or with your potential clients. And the best place to do that is where the discussion is always going on. And I would say the other play thing is to always find where you can add value to it, where you can get into a conversation that's always already going, and also one that's as intimate as possible. I think that's one of the reasons that podcasts work so well is sure, that it's one, on uh, one. Yep. it's one on one and people will say, well, videos uh, are more intimate. Well, videos, you're not quite sure if it's, it's, if it's the third take or the fifth take, but now it's like you're almost sitting like Brian and I are having coffee uh, at a diner in Lansing and you're sitting next to us. It's mm -hmm. one take, whatever we're talking about, whatever we're joking about, you know, um, all the rest of that. And from that standpoint, that intimate conversation gets people to know, like, and trust you. And it's the same thing that happened with uh, our grandparents that will happen with our grandchildren. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. So I think you've got to find a way uh, to connect with your ideal customers that way. Yeah, and it's about relationships. And I like the intimate piece of podcasting, both like you and I are having this conversation right now. But if you think about where people consume podcasts, you know, it's not in a room of crowded people. Um, it's not some random radio show that they're listening to. It's, you know, for me, a good example, and a lot of people, it's in my car when I'm on my way to work. And I'm specifically listening to that podcast for a reason. And for me, it's, hey, let's get motivated to go to work. Let's have some good ideas when we get in there. And let's learn something on my drive to Kalamazoo yesterday. So I have a specific reason that I'm listening to that podcast. It's quiet in my car, and I'm focused on that podcast. So you can't get much more intimate than that. And I do trust that content because I know, being a video person, you know those testimonials for video that we produce are great. But we always say that having a testimonial done is kind of like putting a reference on your resume. Like I'm not going to put a reference on my resume that's going to say, you know, he's great, but he drinks vodka in the morning. You know, I'm not going to put that guy, I'm not going to put, uh, and I don't, but I want to some days, but you know, I'm not, but I'm not going to put that guy on my, on my, as a reference, I'm going to put somebody that really likes me. And, and so that's why I think podcasting to me has just been a really good way to connect because not only who knows, I mean, there's people who listen to us from Australia right now and they may be sitting on the beach and consuming this podcast. So I really like uh, what you're saying there. Cause it's about that know, like, and trust. And once you have that, then if you bring on sponsors or you bring on guests onto your podcast, they trust you. And I think that's the difference between building a brand and making a transaction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you just want to make a transaction, there's a lot of quick ways to do that. Um, but if you want to build that relationship and, and build the, uh, the trust, um, then you're going to have to go above and beyond that. And, yeah. you know, we talk to clients all the time and some of them will say, well, I want to sell this one widget. And I'm like, if you're just interested in that one transaction, podcasts and being a guest on podcasts is not the way to go. Yep. You know, use use some kind of paid advertising, um, and that will work much better for you. Now, this is for someone where you really want to build that relationship, build that lifetime value. And I think if that person wanted to tell his story about how he developed the idea for the widget and how he formed a company around creating that widget, now that would be a good guest to have on your podcast. Exactly. And that's, you know, when we talk about uh, what it takes to to be a great podcast guest and use this strategy, you know, there's three things we talk about that you have to have a message, you have to have a market, and you have to have a machine. Like it. And the, the message part is you have to have stories to tell, not just something to sell. Right. And I like the machine because that really works well with this podcast because our name is The Business Machine. But also <laughs> to my next question was really two reasons why we started this is because we really had focused here at the company and we're not there yet because we're only five years old. But we talk to small business owners all the time about how can we work on the business, not always at it. And how can we, like you were talking about what you want to do with your wife and travel and visit all these people. But you don't want to be sitting there running the machine the whole time. You can't. So how do you do that? And how are you planning to do that? How can we as business owners keep our machine running, our business, um, if I'm not there all the time? Um, right. You know, because I can't be. Like yesterday, I was traveling all over the state. Um, I couldn't be in the office. Um, I cannot run the company uh, traveling and meeting with clients. But things ran well uh, when I was gone. So how do you do that? And I would argue that if you have a company that depends on one person, right. you don't have a company. Yeah. Right. In my time in the in the military, we'd always talk about a single point of failure. You know, you never want, you know, one one thing to take out the entire ship. 
And I think it's the same way in a company. You've got to have, you know, cross-training redundancy. And I think, you know, vacations are a great way to do that. I mean, when somebody's on vacation, you should be able to still run that business. If there's problems that come up over that week, well, when they come back, address them. Put the systems in place. Um, now, you know, we're, we're a, uh, a small business. We're just getting started here. And uh, every time we have a, a problem or an issue, somebody taught me to rejoice with that. Because you're hitting this this road bump here while you're crawling, while you're still going slow. And if you now you've got a chance to fix that. Whereas if you did it five, ten years from now, if you hit that same speed bump, you'd be going so fast it could be fatal. Yeah. So every time you come up to a problem, figure out what you can do systematically to solve the problem, not just to to, to make it go away for right now. And one of the things I always point out is that you know, we all pride ourselves on business, being business owners here, that that we know what we're doing, that we're the expert or that the consultant that we bring is an expert. Sure. And, you know, I've come to, to realize the older I get that the only expert out there is our customer. And, you know, they'll tell us what they love and what they loathe. And we've just got to be smart enough to give them more of what they like and stop doing what they don't like. Yeah, just to do something or put something on. And that's interesting because your customer is, and we learned that too, you know, kind of not really the hard way, but that was something that we had to learn. And, you know, it kind of really goes into what this podcast is about. And I think you've been on podcasts before because you're leading me into my questions just perfectly, Tom. So thank you for that. (laughs) But let's talk about mistakes. And the reason, the only reason I started this podcast, not the only reason, but I was always telling people that when, and what you said earlier too is amazing because, um, it, you know, the nuclear power plant versus small business, I would much rather run at today. Anyway, I would, would much rather run a nuclear power plant, uh, <laughs> running this guy. I always tell people, you know, cause your friends are like, Oh, your business is doing really good. We see you all over the place. And how's it going? And I'm always like, man, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, I was a high school uh, teacher and educator for 15 years and, and, uh, stopped doing that to run a company. And, you know, the first couple of years I was like, what would I, what was I doing? What was I thinking? But the reason why we started this was because the, the mistakes that we make along the way have been so important to us. Um, and so much so that if we didn't make them, I don't know if we would be where we are today. Now, not only make them, but recover from them and, and fix things and go, yeah, let's not do that again. So what is that one thing or what is a couple big things that you could say, hey, listen, when you're starting a business or when you're running a business, don't do this. What would it be? Uh, To me, it's that Superman uh, syndrome. Uh, When you first start out, you're like, oh, I'm going to do it all myself. I've got to do it all myself. Um, And really, there are so many people out there that can help you uh, do it faster, do it better. Um, If you just put your pride aside and say, I don't know. Um, How do you do this? Can you help me with this? Mm -hmm. Um, The analogy I use is that uh, earlier in life, I was like the guy that wanted to build the sports car or the hot rod in his garage. And I'd be in there and I I wouldn't want to bring it out in the front yard because I'm afraid somebody would make fun of me. And so I'd keep it in the garage and always be building that machine. And I'd never get it right. I never had quite the right tool for it and it never came out. And what I've realized is that if you just put it out there, you know, and start doing it in the front yard. Of the hundred people that go by, three of them are going to heckle you. Sure. Probably, you know, 90 are just going to drive by. But there's probably seven that will stop by and say, this is great. Hey, I've got a tool at home that will help you do that. Let me, you can borrow it. Somebody else will say, hey, do you mind if I help on this? Yep. And all of a sudden, you get it done quicker. You did get it done faster. And you, or, and you get it done better. And you have a lot more fun while you're doing it. Yeah. And some people will say, well, you know, aren't you afraid that somebody's going to steal your idea? You know, every ideas are easy. It's the execution. Sure. And um, uh, I, I think more people are out there trying to help you than to hurt you. Yeah. And I one of the things I knew right away that I that I had to put people that were better and smarter than I was in my company, <laughs> which wasn't very hard. So <laughs> I found a lot of those people. But uh <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the place, actually, but <laughs> in elementary schools. But uh, but I did that, and I did that purposely. And we've, you know, we have some really outstanding people that are here running the company. And I listen to them, and I let them. And we always talk about we and what we're doing. And it's not about me and the CEO. And and that was really easy for me to do. And I think 
that was one of the things that we really did right. And I think there were some things that we did wrong. You know, we, we took any client for anything when we first started and we had to, but that was some mistakes that we made. But, you know, I think overall we're going to make mistakes and it's about the recovery and, and what processes you put in place uh, to do that. And I think, you know, reading uh, recently just read E-Myth uh, by Michael Gerber and it was it was awesome and scary at the same time because <laughs> I was listening to it and it's like, oh, yeah, that's us. That's awesome. And then he said something else. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's us. Crap. You know, <laughs> I was like, come on, help me out, buddy. Hi, everybody. Brian here real quick. This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine podcast, it's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile friendly websites digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. What do you have to work on? You know, what what are you personally, what is one of some faults that you really have to make sure you put yourself in check for or some things that you know you do that gets you in the wrong place at the wrong time? Um, I'm a man of action. Yeah. So I always love to be busy working on something and busy is not always good. Um, sometimes I, I do things that are low value to yeah. the company. Um, and aren't going to get us to where we need to be in, in 10 years. Uh, so I, I have to fight with myself to say, is this an important task or is this an urgent task? Um, and we can spend a lot of time during the day responding to urgent matters that don't make a difference tomorrow. Yeah. And they're um, not urgent. They're only urgent to us. Exactly. Just because somebody emailed you oh um, a question uh, doesn't mean that it's urgent. Sure. And, uh, uh, you know, I've even, uh, there's a couple friends of mine that talked about that they don't check email as often. Yeah. I've, so I've started to do that. It scared me at first. I, I've done that. And yeah, it is scary. Other ones will check it, but uh, they'll use a, uh, like a delay system like Boomerang yep. and only send it out a couple times a day so that you don't get that, that back and forth. And one of the things I've noticed is that, you know, I used to be scared to death to get on a plane, cross-country plane to go speak someplace. I'm going to be, you know, without uh, oh, no, email really. for four hours. <laughs> oh, well, no. now, now they've got uh, Wi-Fi. Oh, I, mean, yeah, right. I don't have to worry about that. But it's like, what's going to stop? You know, what what problems are going to come up in four hours? And uh, I was always amazed that you know, I'd, get, I'd get the urgent email. And then as I was scrolling down through there, oh, never mind. I figured it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. That you already did it. We, uh, somebody just mentioned yesterday at a meeting too, to talk about Google inbox. And we're going to try that here. Cause we, we really have that problem here that especially with Melissa and I, who's my CEO, like we respond too quick, I think, um, to emails, which is good because our customers need us and we like that about our business. But I think, um, we're going to try to do Google inbox, which kind of organizes your, your inbox to a way that's a little better, I think, but it scares me. So we'll see. Yeah, and one of the things is that uh, uh, you've got to respond to customers quickly. But uh, even with employees, I want to be there and I want to answer their question. But sometimes the best answer that you can give them is, what do you think? Yeah. What would you do? Yep. Make them think through it and then ask more questions and tell them to go make it happen. So talk a little bit about work-life balance. Um, I don't like that term, and I, and I can tell you don't either because I don't really see retirement. That's not something I'm thinking of because you know I'd like to not be running all the time. <laughs> Eventually, that to me would be retirement. But uh, talk about that. I know that's important to you. You have grandchildren, and, and so how are you going to do that? How do you do that now? Because like you said, you know now the plane has email, and so our phones really could connect us to every single thing that we need almost in our business. Um, so how do you, how do you shut that off? You have to shut it off. Um, yeah, yes and no. And I, I hate the term work life balance. I do too. Um, many, many years ago I had uh, a discussion with a friend of mine and we, we talked about what we were going to do in retirement. And this is when we were both in the corporate world, uh, pulling our hair out and just waiting 
for, for when we could retire. And we decided that if, you know, we just stopped and played golf, that uh, it would drive our wives crazy. <laughs> so we decided that for us, retirement was going to be doing fun projects with interesting people and making money that we could write off as a tax, you know, as a, as a business expense. Right. And that was, that was a whole idea of retirement. Well, when I turned 50 last year, I started to look at it and said, what am I doing right now? Well, I'm doing fun things with people I like and I'm making money, but you know, it's all, it's all business money. So from that standpoint, I'm like, I consider myself retired. This is, I'm doing what I love. And cool. you know, now there's some things every day, you don't, you don't love everything. You know, when I golf, I don't love every part of it. <laughs> Um, but you've got to put up with those parts. So for me, I, I love what I do. Um, I don't, I look forward to Mondays as much as I look forward to Fridays. And yeah. if I have something that, uh, you know, I've got to do on Saturday, I, I don't look at it as a chore. Um, I just look at it as like, oh, okay, well, you know, can I take Thursday off? Sure. Yeah. We're getting there too. I think one of the biggest compliments we got recently was, one of our employees' girlfriend came in to, she was going to be part of a video shoot. We needed an actress to do something. And uh, she came in, he wasn't here. And he told me later that she's like, she's like, is that what you guys do all day long? Just screw around and have fun? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's work. We're, we actually had a video shoot that day and then we got it done for a client. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what we do every day. <laughs> so it, to us, it seems like work. And I think stepping back and looking at what we do, and the big picture and, and kind of what what's the worst that could possibly happen? You know, the company could, you know, shut down and we'd all go do other great things. But, you know, looking back and, and being grateful for the little things that happen throughout the day, I think is huge. And, and I'm not great at it, um, but when I do it, it works. And those little things and talking about that comment alone made me go, OK, yeah, that's kind of what we do. We have fun all day. And that was cool. That was really helpful. And, and this this day and age, we're all volunteers, yeah. right? There's, if you're talented, you can go out and you could get another job. You could do something else. Sure. So it, if you're stressed about a job, just realize that that's the stress you have chosen. And there's the good parts and the bad parts. And, you know, if you're at a point where uh, it, it doesn't make sense anymore, find something else to do. Sure. Life is too short. And uh, I heard somebody one time on a plane as they were driving or flying from place to place, hating life. They just said no job pays well enough to suck. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It's going to it's gonna take you down in every single aspect of your life. I mean, I can't imagine being, and that's one of the reasons why I started a company. I just wasn't feeling satisfied, I think, as much and didn't feel like I was making a big enough difference. And so I quit. And that was my pension and all that other stuff and started a company. And first year I was like, that was really stupid. Uh, last Tuesday, I thought that too, but Tuesday's gone. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about employees a little bit. I know you value them as much as we do and how you're going to then put them across the country as virtual employees, I think is amazing, but they're a huge asset. Um, our biggest expense here at Michigan creative anyway, but I think we all know how to get the right ones. I think we have really, you know, at least we do, I can find the right people, but how do you keep them happy and satisfied? And even more importantly, how do you, and this is tough, but how do you make them as passionate as you are? about the company? Because I think once you can do that, I think, I think you've got something there. So how are you able to really do that there at Interview Valet? I, I would say the first part is really, I don't look at them as employees. Yeah. So right. from the standpoint of, you know, this is not a, a, a boss employee relationship. This is not, I sign the check, I sign the check on the front, you sign it on the back. No, we're in this together. You know, um, it's, I look at it more as team members and that we couldn't do what we do without everybody. So you're not just a cog in the wheel. You're your vital part to it. And uh, there's a book that I can't remember the, the author of it, um, but it was called uh, The Best Dang Ship in the Navy. Um, it's your ship. And basically, <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's what he started with. It's, you know, it's your ship. It's your company. So that you know, uh, every employee should feel ownership in it. They should feel pride in it. They shouldn't just be there putting in time to get a paycheck. Right. And I think you do that from valuing their um, what they what they do. I mean, words like "I appreciate you" go a long, long way. Um, having fun, celebrating the wins, um, you know, uh, little things like that to really just make it a fun fun place to work. 
Um, and, you know, I know some of the big tech firms and stuff like that have, um, you know, have the free food and the free uh, beer on tap and everything like that. If that culture works for them, that's great. Sure. But I, I can remember having having companies where, uh, you know, we would just get together for a potluck every Thursday. And it really brought the people together. I think it's more of a challenge for us now when we're um, – when we are remote so that it's it's not just sending emails back and forth we make it a point to get together in real life at least twice a year um, to build those relationships you know even uh, if you're talking to somebody over Skype well turn on the video and talk to them on sure. there just, just don't fire back and forth emails yeah. I think it was Bill Gates that said emails a great way to um, uh, to share information but not a great way to communicate no because you never know what the tone is and it's kind of like text messages too you never know the tone exactly uh, my wife's terrible at that like I'll text her something like okay or whatever she's like everything okay I'm like honey it's a text message <laughs> come on <laughs> don't give me a hard time over text well, uh, you're probably better than me because I'll try doing it longer and then spell check uh, changes something. My wife goes, <laughs> yeah. you know, was that an insult? No, spell yeah. check. Right. I like I leave my spell checks and mistakes in there because I think they're funny. But <laughs> yeah, I like the culture piece of it. <laughs> we we uh, we had we still do sometimes, but we used to always have beer Friday and beer Friday was a tradition when we started. And because we were new, we're like, this is going to be fun and we're going to do fun things. And. Um, so we did it for a while. It was great. You know, about four o'clock, I'd buy beer and we'd all have beer and then we'd go home. And um, then it started to turn into like three o'clock and then two. And then like about a month ago, we heard a beer crack at 1130. I'm like, that's it. No, it's <laughs> 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 over. <laughs> so, we'll all, yeah. all be in meetings together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because we didn't get anything done. You know, after after that first one cracked, it was like, all right, let's just talk and do creative fun stuff. And that was that was over. So we put that on hold for a minute. All right, so let's go through these questions here at the end that are a little bit quicker um, but fun. Give us a quote. I'm a former educator, so I passed out cheesy quotes to all my students. Give me one of yours. Not, uh, not my, cheesy, though. Not cheesy. My favorite one is what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. Yeah, I like comes, that. Comes from uh, Derek Sivers. Uh, Derek uh, was the founder of CD Baby, which was the yeah. precursor to iTunes. Yeah, CD Baby. God, I haven't heard that name in a bit. Yeah, that's interesting, too, because we find that with our customers is that one of the things that I think when we go into meetings or when I do podcasts, um, you know, we are then studied up on their company. And even if it's just a meet and greet meeting with a client, like a, you know, a manufacturing plant we go into, we know the lingo a little bit. Not so much that we're pretending that we know their business, but they like that because what's really exciting to them and what they really get excited about is the products that they're making. And if they see that we're excited as 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 they are, or at least close to it, and we honestly are, like it's fascinating me to see what's made here in Michigan. That is something that they really they'll talk about their company all day long. Oh, very much so. And even like with podcast guests, yeah, you figure what's the smartest person in the world probably knows a fraction of a fraction of a fraction sure. of all the knowledge that's out there. So everybody can learn from everybody else. And, uh, you know, that's why I love listening to podcasts. You're always exposed to new ideas and, um, and, and different experiences. So tell me a business book that I'm going to read more than the first 35 pages of because <laughs> I've got a bunch of those right now. There's a great book, and it's one of my favorites. It's called Thou Shall Prosper hmm. by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Hmm. And you're like, uh, it's the, all, all, all of a sudden, I'm not reading a book by a rabbi. Yeah, I'm not reading a rabbi book, but tell us about it. it it's, it's great. And basically, he just goes through um, on you know, the, the reasons that the um, uh, Jewish people have been successful mm -hmm. throughout history. And, you know, a lot of people look back and say, well, the Bible's got more things about, uh, uh, you know, dietary law and stuff like that. But no, it's I mean, the most of the Old Testament is um, business law and the right ways to do things. Wow. And it's like he's like, even if you don't believe the book, you know, sure. the divinity of the book, he says, look at the results of the book. The people that have followed this oh, man. have really prospered. Yeah. And it's just a great way to, to look at it. And, you know, a lot of, I would say, common sense things, but that aren't in common practice. So looking at the Bible as a marketing tactic, in a sense. <laughs> uh, no, look, look at it as a, as a business book. Sure, sure. Uh, especially, you know, um, uh, parts of parts of the Old Testament that uh, basically tell you how to run a business. Wow, I've never heard that. That's fascinating. 
If you could meet and have dinner with anybody, any business owner, who would it be and why? Oh, man. It, I, I would think it would probably be Marshall Fields. Really? Yeah. Because, to me, he really revolutionized what retail was, what business was, what yeah. customer service was. And I, I think he understands the strategy more. And you know, right now, there's a lot of tactics. There's a lot of smart people that understand the tactics of the day. Mm -hmm. But I really think it's that strategy that's the important part. And uh, um, that would be the one that I would point to. Cool. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of smaller companies out there, too. They're experts in certain things, AdWords, uh, Facebook marketing, whatever. But it's always like putting a Band-Aid on something to spend a bunch of money, and you need to spend X amount of dollars to get this you know, much of traffic. But I think we've learned over the course of the last five years is to really back up and say, all right, here's some things that we are thinking about. What is the ultimate goal? And that's been really helpful for us. I think our clients have appreciated that. Yeah, uh, to me, tools are a multiplier. Right. Um, and so, if you've got a bad strategy, it will just multiply your bad. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a friend that his uh, a tree blew down, and he had an artist come in with a chainsaw, and he carved this beautiful eagle in it. Wow. Well, a couple of years ago, I took a chainsaw, was cutting wood, and almost took my leg off. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, it has, I've done. I've done that. Yeah, it's, it has nothing to do with the chainsaw. It's uh -uh. not a good tool or a bad tool. It's just one artist used it and amplified his creativity. One idiot used it and almost <laughs> cut it off his leg. That's right. Operator error. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. What technology or app or software, what's something you use every day, Tom, that you can't live without? Uh, I would have to say Rev.com. My, my scariest time in my taxes is not seeing how much I own the government, but when my accountant tells me how much... How many minutes I has transcribed to the year before? If you don't know Rev.com, it's just an app you talk into. You hit um, transcribe, and real people will transcribe it and send it back to you. It's how I do all of my blogs, how I transcribe. Uh, I'm, I'm not a great writer. Yeah. Uh, I did an entire book um, just talking um, and having Rev.com uh, transcribe the first draft of it. So they really, that's interesting. I've never heard about that. So uh, you it's, just, it's amazing, huh? Yeah. So the way I do a lot of blogs is that, you know, my best ideas come on runs. So <laughs> I'll go for, go for a run, come home, take a shower. And I'm thinking through the shower, okay, I could talk about this and here's five points. And maybe, I, you know, when I get out, I'll, I'll jot down a couple notes and then I might be driving someplace and I'm like, oh, this is good. So I will in, in the car, hit rev and start recording and then just go through the four or five points and, ex and expand on those a little bit, right? And so if we talk at 150 words a minute, that means four minutes of recording is roughly a 600-word blog. So I'll talk for about, oh, six minutes on, on the topic. Then I'll hit send, and I've got it set up so it goes from me, and within probably a half hour, They'll transcribe it and email it back to me. Wow. It's emailed back to me and somebody on my team gets it that's much better at English than I am. <laughs> um, I are engineer. And so then they'll take it and reformat a little bit. And there are times where within an hour, um, I've got a, a 600 word blog right there that's been transcribed. Somebody's, you know, touched it up a little bit, um, put the links in it, put a picture on it. And to me, it's the easiest way uh, that I know of for, for myself to, uh, to create written content. We even do that with podcast interviews. You know, a podcast interview, if it's 30 minutes, um, go ahead and transcribe that. Chances are there's four or five blogs that you could pull out of that. Sure. And, you know, uh, or you could just go through it with a highlighter and say, oh, that was 140 characters of genius right there. There's a good tweet. There's a good tweet. And so with that, you can repurpose the content. And that really works well for our clients too, because they're busy. But if they've got 30 minutes to, to do a podcast interview, you know, you can get four or five blogs out of it. You can get tweets, um, all of that. Yeah, that's amazing. So I'm definitely going to look that up. It's a dollar per minute, it looks like. A, pretty pretty good. That's pretty good. A, a, a dollar per minute, but uh, it adds up quickly, trust me. Uh, I bet. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, you know, that, you know, a couple hundred words, no problem. Then I'm starting to think about, man, I really ramble on. So, but yeah, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. So 140 characters of genius. I like that. That's not, that's not a lot to ask for. It's like the the monkeys. You know, <laughs> if the monkeys type long enough, they'll, they'll type Shakespeare. That's if right. I, 
if I talk long enough, there'll be 140 characters of genius in there someplace. Oh, yeah. Gosh, think about all the content that Rev has, you know, up to this point just today. Just think about all the content that they have. Oh, I think of the, Random. Pe- the people that are just transcribing. Oh, I know, the right. Amazing what things the? they must, must hear each day. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Bob, listen to this guy. <laughs> yeah. So how do we best get in touch with you? We're interested in interview valet. We want to talk to Tom Schwab. Uh, we just got to we got to get with you. What's the best way to start? I was going to say, even if you're not inter- interested in interview valet, if you're just interested in my story or anything, um, boy, just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash business machine. I'll have all my contact information there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, all of that. But I know you're probably driving or working out or doing something like that. So we'll make it easy. And uh, all the resources that Brian and I talked about, uh, I would love to connect with you. Uh, Honestly, what's ordinary to you is amazing to me. That's really cool. I love that quote. So Tom, before we get to the last question, um, and we will put all this stuff in the show notes too, but I love that you have that link. That's a really good resource. um, And I love that you do that. That's good for us and good for you. So I appreciate you doing that. Um, Before we get to the last question, it's a big one, but anything else that you would like to say to our audience, anything else that we missed? I I would just say that we talked about it at the very beginning. If you're listening to podcasts right now, you understand the power of podcasting. You understand that it's going to be growing. It's one of these great mediums. Now, the, the truth is, is that with time, your customers are going to be listening to podcasts. Right. may only be 30% now, but it's going to keep increasing. And the only question is, are they going to hear you or your competitor? Yeah. So I would highly encourage you, you know, um, talk to Brian, talk to other people about starting your own podcast or, you know, talk with me about being a podcast guest. Uh, either way, you need to get in front of your ideal customers because cool. that's what marketing is. Yeah, and I really like that. And it's funny that, you know, I'll talk to people about podcasts and most of the people that I talk to, they're like, yeah, you know, I've always been wanting to listen to them. Um, And so people are thinking about doing it. And 30% today is going to be 40% next year and even more so then. So I I really think that podcasts are a great marketing tool for agency, for business, for anybody out there. So, Or if you just want to listen to something other than the radio on the way into work. So, Tom, last question, and I like this question, but what do you think or what do you hope that your legacy will be? To me, I I hope my legacy, and I think about this often, uh, to me, legacy is what stories um, people tell your kids and your grandkids after you're gone. Uh, To me, I hope that uh, my employees and my team members uh, just tell what skills they they learned and how it helped their lives and their families uh, for my clients. I hope they can tell the stories of how we helped their business and helped grow their business and uh, uh, just really, you know, had a positive impact. Um, I look at it as we've been given gifts here and how we use them uh, says a lot about us with our legacy. And so, you know, one of the one of the uh, worst business advice I ever got came from my grandfather. Uh, It was the only thing. The only wrong thing that old Irishman ever told me, but he said, choose carefully who you drink with because you can't choose who you work with. And for him as a mechanic in a small town, it was his reality. Uh, For us, it's different. You know, we can choose our customers and, you know, I want to work with people um, that bring out the best in me and I bring out the best of them and that, uh, that we both, our legacy is better for it. Cool. Well, Tom, I really appreciate your time today. It was fascinating uh, talking to you, and I love what you're doing with Interview Valet. And and someday we should get you back on here again because I want to hear more about View from the Top. Um, But being a Michigan native, I think we're going to get together and have lots more things to talk about. So, Tom, appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot for your time today. Thank you, Brian. That was Thomas Schwab from Interview Valet and View from the Top. Check him out at Interview Valet. Dot com and we will have him back on the show, I guarantee you. And if you do want to get booked on podcast, Tom is the guy to talk to. Even if you want to just think about it and what does that mean for you and your company, give them a call over there at Interview Valet. We will have all that in the show notes and definitely look him up. He's all over LinkedIn. He's all over Twitter, Facebook, and the like. So you very easy to find him. So again, remember everybody, this is Brian Town with The Business Machine. We'd love to have you on a guest here. We would love to help you start your own podcast. It's really easy for us now. Um, it's not that easy to start, but we'd love to talk to you about that. Thank you for joining us. I'm Brian Town, host of The Business Machine and owner and CEO of Michigan Creative. And remember guys, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. Thanks. We'll see you later.